0: Welcome to 24-Hour Expert, where each week we have 24 hours to learn as much as we can about a new topic. From international spies to how nachos came to be, everything is fair game. We'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll cry. I don't think we've cried yet, but hopefully we'll learn something along the way. Either way, we'll have a lot of fun. All right, Amy. (laughs) I just like doing this to you now. (laughs) That was on me. Hi, Al. Yeah, she's just staring at me. I was just waiting to see what would happen next. I just, I like to keep you on your toes. Thank you. Well, (laughs) once again, I don't have some like cutesy segue. I'm just going to tell you that this week we are going to be talking about Ida Lupino. Who is Ida Lupino? Well, Amy, I am going to tell you all about her. And we'll have to check in and see how our magic mind trial is going. Yes, for sure. But first, let's dive into Ida. Ida was born February 4th, 1918. And Amy... Oh, her birthday just happened. I was going to say, her birthday was yesterday. Oh. See, now I also did that in my head and I was like, it will be past her birthday when we post this. Happy belated. (laughs) (laughs) So she was born February 4th, 1918. She was a British actress, director, writer, and producer. Get it, girl. Throughout her 48-year career, she appeared in 59 films and directed eight. She worked primarily in the United States, where she became a citizen in 1948. She is widely regarded as the most prominent female filmmaker working in the 1950s in Hollywood. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. And actually, I heard about her through a different podcast. There was an actress that her death is kind of a mystery. Ooh. And, and they think Ida did it? No, 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 no. Oh. That would be a fun twist, though, but no. That would be very alley of me. That is not the case. Yes, that is not the case. <laughs> but the podcast I was listening to was talking about this actress who Ida worked with and was friends with. And I think Ida was at the party that this actress was last seen at. And this woman's name is totally escaping me. And I apologize for that. But in the podcast, they mentioned Ida and how she was one of the first female directors in Hollywood. So I added her to my topic list. And here we are. You love sharing people's life story. I do. See, I know it stresses you out. Stresses me out. Well, they don't stress me out. I like reading about people's lives. I'm glad. Okay. Her best known films that she directed or wrote or produced are Not Wanted in 1949, which is about um, a pregnancy out of wedlock. Never Fear in 1950, which is loosely based on her own experiences battling polio. Wow. Outrage in 1950, which is a film about trigger warning here. Uh, Rape. Oh. And The Bigamist in 1953. And then The Trouble with Angels in 1966. Wow, those are some heavy topics. Yes, and we'll talk about why those were her topics later in the episode here. But she had a short yet immensely influential directorial career. So as an actress... Ida's best known films are The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes in 1939, Mm. They Drive by Night in 1940, High Sierra in 1941, The Sea Wolf in 1941, Ladies in Retirement in 1947, Roadhouse in 1948, While the City Sleeps in 1956, And Junior Bonner in 1972. Wow, she was in a lot of films and overlapped her directorial time, so she was a busy lady. Yes, yes. We'll get into all of that in more detail. She has also directed more than 100 episodes of television in a variety of different genres, including westerns, supernatural, situational comedies, murder mysteries, gangster stories, the list goes on and on. This woman has done it all. And, fun fact, she was the only woman to direct an episode of the original Twilight Zone series, as well as star in an episode of the Twilight Zone. That's very cool. Yes, and not the same episode. She directed the episode called The Masks, and she acted in the one called The 16-millimeter Shrine. Wow. I was going to try and do the Twilight... Um the twilight i was gonna just call it twilight the twilight zone oh, the theme, song, theme song um but we don't have the rights to that so i'm not gonna do that right yeah, now yeah yeah please we're being sued enough for all of your singing we don't need more i know all of my exceptional thing Except, very exceptional you're welcome <laughs> also can we talk about that she like broke a lot of barriers not like she did break a lot of barriers for women in those times just given the vibe oh yes Yes, wait till we get into it, Amy. You're gonna love it. Well stop telling me we're gonna get into it and just tell me about I it. Will tell you about it. Also, I will let you know that this is a happy ending story. I'm not gonna have any twists and turns for you. She's gonna live, you know, a long, fulfilling life. Yay. We love that for Ida. Yeah. And I appreciate you telling me that up front. This feels way less tense now. You're welcome. So Ida was born to stage actress mother, Connie O'Shea, who was professionally known as Connie Emerald, and music hall comedian father, Stanley Lupino, who is a member of the Lupino family. So, Amy, we have to take a quick sidebar here and talk about the Lupino family. Okay. The Lupino family is actually kind of a blend of two families, but I'm really quickly going to rattle off all of their entertainment credits. This is an oh entertainment gosh. family. I'm ready. Okay. Giorgio Lupino came from a family of Italian puppet makers, which <laughs> weirdly connects two of our episodes together because we did an episode on marionettes. Well, Dan did. It was very early on in the, the 24-hour expert world. It was like one of the first five or something. I was going to say, I think it's like top three. He fled to England as a political refugee. Then we have George William Lupino, who was a singer, reciter, and puppet master. And we have George Charles Lupino, a performer and puppeteer. Then George Charles Lupino II, a dancer known as the Motion Master of Long Acre. He married daughter of actor and playwright Richard Escort. We then have George Richard Escort Lupino, who was a dancer and founder of English Panamine. Then we have Thomas Frederick Lupino, a dancer and scenic artist. And finally, we have Samuel George Lupino, an acrobatic dancer. Wow. Yes. Now, we're going to blend in another family that was originally the Hook family, but then took on the Lupino surname because they all worked very closely together and It's all just very blended. So, in this new branch of this family, we have vaudeville performer and actor and writer Stanley Lupino, which is Ida's father, Arthur Lupino, an animal impersonator, and the first play, and the first to play the role of Nana, you know, the dog, in Peter Pan, Oh, my gosh. Also, to be an animal impersonator. What a title. And then we have Henry William George Lupino, professionally known as Lupino Lane, who was an English actor and theater manager and Ida's cousin. Wow. So, long line here. (laughs) Also, very multifaceted talents. I'm thoroughly impressed. Yes. Yes. So today, the living descendants of this blended line of families. A few of them are still maintaining the family tradition of being in the entertainment industry. We have Sarah Lupino Lane, who is a patron of the Music Hall Guild of Great Britain and America. And we have Patricia Lupino Thompson, a former principal of a dance school in Manchester, and is now an examiner, lecturer, technical committee member, and director of the International Dance Teachers Association. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, so let's get back to Ida. So as you can see, entertainment is in her blood. Yeah. Ida was encouraged to perform from an early age. Shocker. I know. Right. Her father even built a backyard theater for her and her sister to perform on. That's adorable. Her sister Rita would also become an actress and dancer. Of course. Of course. What if Rita was like a politician or like a baker? That'd that be fun, too, though. But, yeah. Be fun. Ida wrote her first play at the age of seven. Wow. And she toured with a traveling theater company as a child. Okay. Sure, sure. I mean, I also wrote a book while I was seven. Mom has it. Pretty impressed by it, actually. It's like four pages. It's about how I bought my teacher gold earrings. Do you remember oh, this? Oh, my goodness. I think I do. <laughs> Which I, for clarity, did not do. But I think it would make a pretty amazing play. I'm just saying. <laughs> Too bad you're not young enough to play the lead. Opportunity lost. Yes, yes. By the age of 10, Ida had memorized the leading female roles in Shakespeare's plays. Like, all of them. (laughs) Sure. Her uncle Lupino Lane would eventually assist her moving away from plays and into film acting by getting her background work at the British International Studios. Cool. Yep. Ida wanted to be a writer. But to please her father, she enrolled in the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. She excelled in a number of, quote, bad girl film roles. (laughs) Ida did not enjoy being an actress and felt uncomfortable with many of the early roles she was given and felt pressured to do it because of her family history. I mean, yeah, I could see that. A little pressure. I can feel that. Just a little pressure. I don't know. The puppeteers, they mean business. Yeah, they do. She made her first appearance in the Love Dance in 1931 when she was 13 years old. Her career quickly took off and she was dubbed, quote, the English Jean Harlow. She started doing films in the U.S. and got a five-year contract with Paramount when she arrived in Hollywood. Wow. One story from the mid-30s says that Ida got a role in The Light That Failed because she ran into the director's office unannounced and demanded an audition. It was after this role that she was taken seriously as a dramatic actress and not just seen as the sultry, quote, bad girl. Can we talk about the fact that it seems to me that they were casting her as a bad girl at the teenage years of her life? Oh, yeah, they were. The sultry bad girl. Yes. And she basically could still play with Polly Pockets. Yeah. I mean, I, I realize that those two be things. playing with Polly Pockets, yeah. Yes. I realize they don't overlap. I'm just for context. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Have you done Polly Pockets before? Oh. (gasps) dibs. Okay, fine. All right. She is said to have referred to herself as the poor man's Betty Davis because she would often take roles that Betty Davis turned down. Oh. And I will try and remember, and I still have a picture of our good friend Noah Webster on my phone because I meant to post a picture of him because when we talk about people, I like to post pictures on Instagram. So I will try it. One, I will post Webster and get him off my phone. But I will post a picture of Ida because she is gorgeous. So I don't know. I don't think she's the poor man's anything. Yes. In 1940, her performance in They Drive by Night earned her a contract with Warner Brothers, where she negotiated some freelance rights. So she's getting a little bolder, taking charge of her career. We love it. In 1943, she won the New York Film Critics Circle Award for her performance in The Hard Way. Okay. All right, Amy, before we go on, I have to tell you something funny. So throughout researching Ida Lupino this whole time, every time Ida, I say the name in my head, who do you immediately think of with the name Ida? The Barefoot Contessa? did not know that that was her name. I don't know if it is her name, but you put me on the spot and my brain couldn't get there. I'm so sorry. No. So I kept thinking Ida B. Wells, like the whole time, Ida B. Wells, Ida B. Wells, Ida B. Wells. And I kept saying, nope, nope, you've got to stop. And I've been terrified this whole time that every time I'm going to say Ida, I'm going to screw it up. But you know why I don't think I'm screwing it up? Why? Because i focused. And you know what's helping me focus? I'm going to guess magic mind. You are correct. Magic mind. So I was rereading all the information that we were given about magic mind because I had to know what is the ingredient in this that is helping me focus so much. I feel like usually I'm one to stumble over my words fairly often. For sure. You know, through the power of editing, most people who listen may not know that, but I was looking at the ingredients to figure out which one specifically is helping me stay so focused today and not trip all over my words. And it is the, when Amy, I practice it. It's the Bacopa Monieri, which is a nootropic that improves attention span, your ability to process and learn new information and your memory. I like it. So thank you, Bacopa Monieri for helping me get through this episode without saying the wrong Ida. Which also, for clarity, it's Ina Gardner, so ah, the barefoot um, side clearly side. Magic Mind kicked in for me just in the nick of time. There you go, exactly. Ida B. Wells, also an amazing woman, but not the topic of tonight. Well, let's go back to our friend Ida then. Let's get back to Ida Lupino. All right, Amy, might get a little scary for you here, because for Ida, it's not all sunshine and rainbows but it oh, never no. is. It never is. Not in Hollywood. No. At Warner Brothers, she was often at odds with studio boss Jack Warner because she would refuse poorly written roles that she felt were beneath her dignity and she would make script revisions deemed unacceptable by the studio. At- Honestly, get it, girl. I know. As a result, she spent much of her time at Warner Brothers suspended. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Eventually, she would move into working with 20th Century Fox. Wow. However, her suspension time at Warner Brothers did serve her because she had lots of time to observe filming and editing and become interested in directing. Ooh. So her and her then husband, producer and writer Collier Young, formed an independent company, The Filmmakers, Inc., to produce, direct, and write low-budget, issue-oriented films. Oh, Collier was the president. Ida was the vice president. And then they had screenwriter Melvin Wald, who was the treasurer. They produced 12 feature films, six of which Ida directed or co-directed, five of which she wrote or co-wrote, three she acted in, and one she co-produced. Wow. Good for Ida. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I love that they had a mission from the beginning. Like, we're not just getting into the movie space. We're going to do issue-oriented films. Yes. My literal next sentence in my note. Filmmaker's mission was to make socially conscious films, encourage new talent, and bring realism to the screen. Well, wow. The films were telling how America lives. And they were considered B-pictures. They were typically shot in two weeks for $200,000 or less. Well, Amy. No. I could feel it. Do you know what time it is? How much money is $200,000 in today's money? Yes. It's time to play How Much Money in Today's Money. I'd see. If you're going to make a Science Alley thing, I'm going to make a a thing for that. Okay, but Science Alley with the little ping at the end was cute. You're going to have to work on it. Okay. I'll, I'll think of something cuter. But Or just add a ping. Ping. I need the um the music from Do You Want to Move a Millionaire? Dun, dun, dun. Amy, two (laughs) hundred thousand dollars in nineteen forty eight is how much today? Five hundred seventy six hundred thousand dollars. No, not even close. One point two million dollars. Closer, but higher. Two point four million dollars. So close. Two million six hundred twenty one thousand seven hundred and sixty dollars and sixty eight cents. Okay, we'll just edit it so it sounds like that's my first guess. <laughs> nope. I always go too high, and then you tell me no. And so I was trying to be respectful, and now I'm millions off. It's okay. Well, if it was Price of Right. Price of Right. <laughs> if it, this was The Price is Right, you would have won because you didn't go over. Yes, but I'm not playing against anybody. Okay. Just myself and my apparent dignity. <laughs> go onward. All right. Ida's first directing job came in 1949, when director Elmer Clifton suffered a mild heart attack and couldn't finish filming Not Wanted, which Ida was co-producing and co-wrote. Ida stepped in to finish the film, but she did not take directorial credit out of respect to Clifton. That's very nice. So it was the first time she directed, but her first directorial credit and full directorial debut was... Never Fear, in 1949. This film caught the eye of Howard Hughes, who was looking for suppliers of low-budget feature films for his recently acquired company, RKO Pictures, and gave filmmakers financing for the next three films. Well, Yeah. Fun fact, Not Wanted, which is a film about pregnancy out of wedlock, which, Amy, you can imagine at the time was a very controversial thing. I was going to say that title seems kind of harsh, but I'm putting myself in the 1940s. It received a lot of publicity, and Ida was actually invited to discuss the film with Eleanor Roosevelt on a national radio program. Wow. I know. So their issue-oriented films are getting noticed. With RKO Pictures, one of the films that they produced was called The Hitchhiker in 1953. This film was the first time that a woman directed a film noir. Wow. Yeah, so Ida was the first. History in the making. Well, in The maid. Yeah, I mean, it's done. Yeah. Directing became Ida's passion, and she often only continued to act so that she could fund her own productions. She was very budget savvy when it came to her films and would often take sets from other studio productions, hire non-actors to play roles. One example they gave was she hired her personal doctor to play the doctor in Not Wanted for the birth scene. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. She would use product placement, so she leveraged some advertising. And she would plan scenes ahead of time and meticulously to avoid technical mistakes and retakes. That's very efficient and probably save them a lot of money. Yes, I'm sure. The Filmmaker's Production Company ceased operations in 1955, and Ida turned to television directing. She directed episodes of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, The Twilight Zone, The Donna Reed Show, Gilligan's Island, The Fugitive, Bewitched, and many others. What a range. Yes. Twilight Zone to Gilligan Island. I know. Her last film directing credit was for The Trouble with Angels in 1965. She would continue acting and had a successful career throughout the 60s and 70s. She appeared on shows like Four Star Playhouse, Mr. Adams and Eve, The Lucy Desi Comedy Hour, Bonanza, Batman, Family Affair, Columbo, Barnaby Jones, Charlie's Angels, and more. Oh, my gosh. Her final acting appearance was in the film My Boys Are Good Boys in 1979. Let's talk about her movies and her unconventional and controversial subject matter. Sure. The studio filmmakers produced topics such as Pregnancy Out of Wedlock, Bigamy, trigger warning again, rape. And she described her independent work as films that had social significance and yet were entertainment, based on true stories, things that the public could understand because they had happened or been of news value. She liked to focus on women's issues for many of her films, Mm -hmm. and she liked strong female characters. She did not want women who had masculine qualities, but that had intestinal fortitude, or some guts to them. Yeah, get it, girl. Yeah. She was considered ahead of her time within the studio system. She was intent on creating films that were rooted in reality. On Never Fear, she said, people are tired of having the wool pulled over their eyes. They pay out good money for their theater tickets, and they want something in return. They want realism. And you can't be realistic with the same glamorous mugs on the screen all the time. Ooh, girl's got gumption. Yeah, she does. Director Martin Scorsese noted that as a star, Ida had no taste for glamour, and the same was true as a director. The stories she told in Outage, Never Fear, Hard, Fast and Beautiful, The Bigamist and The Hitchhiker were intimate, always set with a precise social milieu. She wanted to do pictures with poor, bewildered people because that's what we are. Her heroines were young women whose middle-class security was shattered by trauma, unwanted pregnancy, polio, rape, bigamy, and parental abuse. There's a sense of pain, panic, and cruelty that colors every frame. By Martin Scorsese. Mm -hmm. Imagine. She's way ahead of her time. Yes. And I really just like that she wanted to bring real stories to the screen. Yeah. Just glitz and glamour. and, And she was not... Worried about being beautiful or being sexualized or being seen in that light. She just had a job to do. So let's talk about some fun facts about Ida before we wrap this up. So Ida's interests outside of the entertainment industry included writing short stories and children's books and composing music. Very cool. Her composition, Aladdin Suite, was performed by the Los Angeles Philharmonic Orchestra in 1937. She composed it while recovering from polio in 1935. Of course. She can just, she just does it all. (laughs) She has one daughter, Bridget, with actor Howard Duff. She has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Wow. She was only 5'4", so she representing the shorties. Packing a punch, man. Yes. She was an active board member of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital She has directed two films that have been selected for the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Those films are Outrage from 1950 and The Hitchhiker from 1953. Wow. Ida passed away in 1995 of a stroke while battling colon cancer. Oh. Yes. I think she was in her late 70s, so a decently long very impactful and full life. Yes. So there you go, Amy. That's everything I have to tell you about Ida Lupino. Do with that what you will. Thanks for letting us talk at you. If you have any interest in trying out our magic little productivity shots yourself, our code EXPERTS20 is good forever, and you can always get 20% off with that. EXPERTS20, EXPERTS20. If you have any comments, corrections, suggestions, or fun facts or topic ideas, you can email us at 24HourExpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's also our website, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. Our theme song is Moonroof by Paula.